Without getting too deep, I kind of just feel like manhood really is about love. Um, it's about legacy. My name is Will Small. I'm a husband and a dad. And for the sake of my family and my community, I want to be a healthy man. Images on magazines would lead me to believe that means having ripped abs and a good paycheck. But I'm not satisfied with that story. Are you? Join me and my guests as we explore the idea of healthy manhood in the modern world. This is the Mankind Podcast. My name is Melinda Gonzarek and I am the extremely lucky mother of three sons. I have a 15-year-old son, a 12-year-old son and a 2-year-old son. I am a huge fan of boys. My father was a very emotionally available father to me growing up, particularly when I was a teenager and going through a difficult time. I always felt that he was really gentle um, and very reliable. And then my husband came into my life when I was going through a really difficult time and and I, I had two children from my first marriage and from the very beginning he has just loved them and nurtured them as his own and then we had a child together and he just has continued to be this incredibly loving, supportive, nurturing parent and the way that he treats me as his wife certainly models to them the way that they should be treating women in their lives, which is with respect and kindness and softness. I find it refreshing when men are able to acknowledge that it's okay for them to be vulnerable and that they don't have to be the things that society perhaps told them they had to be. You know, it's it's okay for them to be soft. It's okay for them to be willing to be in touch with their feelings, even when they might make them uncomfortable. What up, my friends? Welcome back to another episode of Mankind, this unfolding conversation about healthy manhood. Recently, I was doing a bit of an imaginative, creative exercise and thinking about if manhood was a brand, what colours would it be? What would be the slogan or the kind of messaging? And if we wanted to do a rebrand, how would we approach something like that? Are there things we would want to change? To have a conversation about those kind of questions, I hit up a mega creative, Israel Cannon. He was an actor, he's a filmmaker at times, a singer-songwriter, and he does a whole bunch of work in the branding space. And more importantly, for the purpose of this conversation, he's just a great guy with a whole bunch of thoughts around what healthy manhood looks like. Here's my chat with Izzy. Man, you're like a creative jack of all trades. You have done... A bit of everything. Uh, you started out as an actor. You were on Home and Away for a while. Um, that was kind of taking off, but then you pursued music and you've toured with people like Passenger and Ben Howard. And nowadays you make films yourself and, and you help people build their brands. It's like you're doing a bit of everything. But I'd just love to maybe hear how you would introduce yourself in your own words. Wow. That is like... Uh... <laughs> That's a tough question, man. I don't know. I'm the guy who kind of never knew what to put on the, uh, on the, uh, you know, the the entryway into a new country when you're traveling. What my occupation was, I don't know what. I don't know how I describe myself. I say I'm a father. I'm a husband. Um, you know, hopefully that describe. Hopefully they're kind of my highest mandates. 
Um, and I just love, I love creating things. Like I just think, I think we're all creative, every mm. single one of us. Um, you don't have to be a musician or, you know, these kind of, um, you know, these things that are obviously creative in today's society. I think every single one of us is is highly creative and, yeah, I, I just really enjoy, um, I suppose, conjuring new ideas and seeing those ideas come to uh, fruition. And that might be um, in a song, it might be in a, in a, a narrative, maybe a visual narrative. Um, it could be a business idea, something tangible in the world. Uh, yeah, I just, I love it. Yeah, that's awesome. I feel the same actually. Like there's something about just having the freedom to say, I'm just making the next thing. And right now that's an album or it's a film or it's a podcast, but I just got to make the next thing. And yeah. I'll figure out what the thing is after that, after that. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly how I feel about it. And um, I think it's, in, I think that's, you know, it can be a blessing and a curse potentially. I think, you know, you think about people who kind of achieve real mastery, you know, in life in terms of a skill set or, you know, a phenomenal pianist or a phenomenal director or, you know, whatever it is, phenomenal chef, whatever. I think um, a lot of those people kind of, you know, I'm, I'm generalising, but a lot of them really have kind of just got tunnel vision and they're just mm. 100%, you know, this is what I'm dedicating myself to. Um, and I think that's amazing and I think, you know, yeah, great things can happen. I think just for me personally though, I uh, I, w- I get bored. I would get bored. Mm. I, I like, I'm interested in too many different things. Well, it looks like you're doing a great job from the outside, man. I've been listening to your music this morning, loving that. Saw some photos of uh, of a younger a younger you on Home and Away. <laughs> that was awesome. So I'm interested, when you were a kid, like if you could go back and have a conversation with yourself as a kid, would that younger version of you be surprised at where your path has kind of winded or do you reckon the seeds of this were always there? Wow. Great question. I think I think the younger version of me um, potentially wouldn't have been surprised at some of the things I've dabbled in and some of the things I've I've lent my hand towards, um, whether that be sort of music. You know, my mum's a, a a guitar teacher. She's an amazing, um, you know, an accomplished musician, and that's always been around. And you know, so some of those areas and potentially even the acting, it was, I kind of did fumble my way into that, but I was kind of always a little bit um, maybe extroverted, I suppose, as a child. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think definitely becoming a, a father, um, that whole journey and learning about kind of business and starting businesses and, you know, getting into the branding and um, the marketing side of things, which I'm working quite heavily in at the moment. Um, that was definitely not something that I would have kind of said, Hey, that's what you're going to be doing. Mm. Um, that wasn't, that wasn't on my radar at all. Um, and actually it's just something that I just kind of, I fell into and I really, really enjoyed and, and kind of pursued. I don't know if you experienced this, but for me, like I've got two sons and when I became a dad, it brought up all these questions about 
who I was and about my own identity. I've shared this story on this podcast before and with a lot of people, but I kind of always envisage myself having daughters because Mm. I am an artistic, creative, emotional, poet kind of guy. When I had sons, it was like this weird mirror of my kind of maybe inadequate understanding of manhood that I kind of thought I'm not suited to raise young men almost. And so it just got me kind of examining some of my inner stories that maybe I picked up as a kid about what it means to be a man. And I got a great dad and and a great family. So I'm not, I'm not laying blame. A lot of it is just cultural, but I wonder, have you had that thought? Do you have thoughts around as a kid? What were some of the ideas of manhood that you picked up? And as a dad, have you thought about, you know, whether or not there's different ones you want to kind of change in terms of what it actually means for a, a little boy who's formulating an idea in their mind about well, what it means for me to grow up as a man is X, Y, Z. For me, I, I grew up without a father. So I, I literally, my mom had to kind of, you know, had to, had to run the other direction basically when I was two years old. Mm. So I grew up with a, in a single, you know, parent household. My mom, I, I never actually lived with a, with a, with a man. So mm. that was, you know, that was, um, I think for me, that was interesting. Uh, there were, you know, I had uncles and, you know, we had some pretty close relatives and th- there were other figures, but there was not really a centralized, uh, male, I suppose, you know, that was, that was kind of leading and guiding me my whole life basically. So I guess to answer your question, when I, I, I never pictured myself becoming a father. I never thought about it. I never yearned for it. Mm. It wasn't, it wasn't something really on my agenda. I, to be honest with you, I couldn't, I didn't even picture getting married. Mm. Um, and that wasn't, I don't know, it wasn't, it was maybe subconscious, but I just thought I probably wouldn't get married. Um, but I did, I got married kind of young. Um, I got married at 24. Alice, my wife was 22. About five years later, we had, uh, Noah, our first child. Hey, my first boy is Noah as well. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Good name. Uh, yeah, it's a great name. It's a great name. So, yeah, I think, I don't know, for me it was kind of just like uh, it's interesting, man, because it's easy to go, oh, I never had a dad and, you know, so I'm just going to be crap at this or, um, you know, whatever. But to me, I actually felt like I had a really good perspective on everything that I kind of didn't want for Mm. my kids. And it actually made it really easy for me to, um, to just go, well, I I didn't have this and, and I want them to have this. And, Mm. and it's actually quite, for me, it's quite clear cut. So I know what you're saying. I think growing for me, growing up without a dad, there was a lot of things I just was never taught. Like I wasn't taught how to tie mm. ropes and like, you know, just these basic things that you don't even kind of realize you were never taught until maybe 17 when you got to try tie your, your board on the roof and you kind of don't know how mm. to do it. Your, your surfboard mm. on the roof of your car, you know, yep. little things like that. So I think for me, I became probably more aware of like, and I felt a little bit, maybe a little bit inadequate in certain areas, you know, as I kind of became a, an adult. But I think in general, maybe I was lucky. Maybe it was just my mom, uh, my sisters, maybe my faith. I have a really strong faith in God. And, you mm. know, I don't know 
what, but I, I, I suppose I've always felt pretty secure um, within myself and kind of think that most people in life are kind of faking it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you know totally. what I mean? I kind, totally. I kind of feel like that. So I don't, I'm not really too harsh on myself. I just think like we're yep. all learning and that's just how it is, you know, and none of us, we all fall short. Mm. Um, yeah. So that's kind of how I see it, I suppose. Yeah, that's good, man. That makes me think, you know, because I would look at you and um, it seems like you are a healthy, you know, creative, passionate dad. Like obviously even just hearing the way you speak about becoming a dad, it sounds like something you've really leaned into and embraced. And it just makes me think that like I had a great dad and I still have to do work. Uh, You didn't grow up with a father and yet, again, you've done a lot of that work and just shows that I guess the path towards health or unhealth is more complex than just the household you grew up in. And for all of us, whether it's a good household or less than ideal, or you know, I'm sure that uh, there's kind of beauty and brokenness under every roof. And it just shows to me that this whole conversation about healthy manhood, no one gets to just tap out and just go, yep, by default, I'm doing it. Like all of us have work to do. But any of us, whatever kind of circumstance we grew up in, can actually do that work towards health is kind of how I think about it. hundred percent, man. I think, um, I think it's like most things in life, like you have to be intentional, you yeah. know, you, you, first of all, you have to be aware because <laughs> yep. if you're not aware, then, then, then it's hard to be intentional. But I think you have to be aware that there is, um, health and prosperity and well-being and strength and, life abundant, you know, like it's there, it's there for everyone. And are you going to take it? You know, are you going to kind of have a deep, hard look at yourself and ask the tough questions? Mm. Um, I think maybe a lot of people don't want to do that because it's kind of scary, but yeah. Um, you know, like I, I went actually, like I, I probably saw my dad maybe like literally less than a handful of times my whole life, like wow. li- literally. And when I was an adult, when I was, I was probably 22, and my, my older sisters were going to down to, to visit him. And, um, and I, something happened. I just somehow had a bit of time that day and I was like, yeah, you know, I'll come down as well. And it's kind of weird because it would be very easy for someone in my position just to be very bitter, um, mm. you know, like without going too much into the detail, he just wasn't around and showed mm. there just wasn't any interest, you know? And so, but for me, I was kind of like, well, I wanted to go down that day um, because I, I kind of just wanted to prove to myself and, and check myself and make sure that, like, I wasn't bitter, I didn't harbour resentment and because I, I don't want that stuff. Like, I, mm. I just think everyone is responsible for their own health and well-being, you know, mm. we really are. We can't pass that off onto other people. A lot of us get dealt shitty cards in life. Um mm. And my father did as well, you know, so I, I kind of feel a sense of empathy for him as well. Mm. And you kind of just got to see the bigger picture sometimes and, and take it in and you know, see for what it is. I've thought a few times about how this podcast, Mankind, is kind of an exercise in rebranding and it's kind of called Mankind with a semicolon in the middle because 
partly I'm a bit of an English nerd and that means two <laughs> ideas that are connected really closely. And so I think most people think man and they think strength or they think aggression or they think these things, but I don't think many people actually naturally think man, kindness, compassion, gentleness. But that's some of the stuff that I would actually want to help people to maybe connect those ideas more closely and to be comfortable with that and to not see that as a weird thing. But I thought given that you kind of do some work around branding and brand building, it'd be cool to kind of approach this as a bit of a creative exercise and bring the the brand of manhood that is a bit damaged in society. It's a brand that's got a bit of a bad rap in many places. And actually, you know, maybe the branding is a little bit broken but just to kind of have a conversation around if this was an actual brand, what would we do to kind of try and recover a better version of it? How, how would you, if I was a client coming in and I got this kind of damaged brand, there's something good there, but there's also a lot of negative press around it and it's kind of lost some credibility and culture has moved forward and maybe we're working with our brand identity from the 1950s and it's not working anymore. It's most people's, that's, that's most people's story, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's it. Everything's moved, but some things there's a lag. Yeah. Um, yeah, so if I was coming with you as a brand that needs a bit of a reinvention, where would you start the process? When, any, when you sort of approach any brand or any kind of organisation, that exists in the world, you kind of, you know, you kind of want to ask yourself why, uh, what's the why? So why, did, mm. why do they exist? Why do you exist? So I suppose, you know, another way to distill that would be to talk about like your values. What is your purpose? Why are you here? Why are you adding value in the world? You know, what is your role? And I think until you answer that question, you, you can't go any further as a brand. Mm. You can't, until you answer that question, you can't. You don't go do visual identity, and you don't. You don't go get your branding, your graphic design, mm-hmm. and those elements. You don't do any of that. You shouldn't, in my opinion, until you first of all lay those foundations, which, which is really around purpose. Um, mm. You know why you're here. Yeah, so it's easy to do a, or maybe it's tempting to do like a surface level rebrand, but if you're not actually looking at the underlying values, purpose, and why then it's, it's not really going to change anything, is it? Absolutely. That's what most people do. You know, most yeah. people will, will kind of approach a marketing company or a web development company or whatever and they'll go, oh, we want a new website. And then it's like, hang on, no, 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 you don't, you don't need a new website. You need to answer mm. these questions. <laughs> do, the, yes. you know, do, do this work, do this foundational work first and then you can do all the other stuff. So I think... You know, to answer your question, um, why are we here? I mean, that's huge. That's a huge question. Yeah. <laughs> why, why, why are we here? Man, the, the, I, honestly, I don't know. I only have 35 years um, worth of experience, but I do feel like I've lived a few lifetimes in that 35 years for, for different reasons. And this is a cliche, but it's just the truth of it. Like I, for me, I think we're here for love. Like we love is, is why we're here. Mm. Um, love and legacy, you know, I think legacy Mm. is a a huge one in terms of, you know, it's that idea that what, what you do here and now is going to have profound implications for a long, long, long time to come and possibly Mm. even infinitely, 
you know, no one fully understands how things work in terms of time and, you know, eternity and when that starts and stops mm. and the intricate balance between them both. I think most people, whether they're religious or not, uh, have a sense of spirituality and, and understanding that there probably is something more than meets the eye. I think most most people acknowledge that. So without getting too deep, I kind of just feel like manhood really is about love. Um, it's about legacy. That's that's kind of how I feel about mm. it. Yeah. So the thing that comes to my mind with the idea of uh, approaching the brand through the why and the values is almost reverse engineering it and going, if our culture has some man problems, like if we've got high rates of domestic violence, we've got guys that are uh, more likely to take their own life, um, you know, there's higher suicide rates for men, things like that. Somewhere along the way, like there's an existing set of values in place that's leading to those outcomes. And the outcomes, it's almost like the symptoms point to there's actually a problem with the underlying why or the underlying values or purpose. And I'm, I'm wondering, obviously, it's, it's just a hypothetical question. But when you think about some of those outcomes, what do you think are some of the values that people are living out of that are leading to that? Like what has been kind of the underlying values software that maybe men have kind of been given to work with or have just subconsciously taken on that um, some of those stories that are breaking down? Do you have any thoughts around that? Yeah, I think I think so. I mean, gosh, it's pretty deep stuff. Um, and I, you know, to be honest, I haven't consciously probably given a lot of thought to it, but I think... I kind of think um, when you when you think about society today, and maybe you know for thousands of years, really, actually, when you look at when you study, you know, human history, um, what do people want? Uh, what are what are men, you know, and women? But but I think it's definitely innately in in men uh, as well. Is like this kind of this <clears throat> excuse me this. Um, kind of need for maybe power or like a lust for power. Mm. And I think there's a big difference because it's interesting because, because love is power. Like there is, there is power in love, but if you get those, if you mix those two up and you have power before love all hell can break loose, basically, mm. um, you know, I think it's hard. Why do, why do we want power as individuals? Why do, why do people want power? Uh, I think we want power because we're we're insecure. I think in some way every single one of us has has this weird kind of identity crisis where we don't fully understand that we are made fearfully and wonderfully with these amazing, like, well-built, intricate, you know, mm. systems, human beings, um, where infinitely lucky to be born at all if we do get born mm. and get given a shot of life on this earth and there's so much to be grateful for there's a there's just way too much to be grateful for to even cover off you know mm. so i don't know i'm kind of waffling i guess but no it's good i think it's it highlights that there's maybe there is a bit of a tug of war of values inside us I think every human, obviously, you know, there's plenty of research to show that humans need connection. We need relationship. We can't thrive outside mm. of, of loving and healthy connection and relationship. 
but then um, we kind of have some self-destructive tendencies because we want to secure up some stuff that actually leads us to damage some of that loving relation. You know, we want the security so we kind of cheat cheat our neighbor or, you know, like we, we do wrong by each other to try and get to an, an end that it's kind of like a bit of a, a, an internal tug of war, vicious cycle. One thing I was thinking when you were sharing about love and power is that to me part of what uh, the difference between destructive power and healthy power is is coercion and that um, so much negative power is about trying to control others and use mm-hmm. others as a means to an end and that's a coercive power whereas I think mm-hmm. really love is a non-coercive power super powerful yeah. it's it's more powerful than the biggest wave in the ocean yeah. but it's a power that never forces or manipulates anybody else and that's that's kind of yeah. abstract but i think if you apply that to being a dad or being a husband or you know being a good neighbor you know am i acting in ways that are trying subtly or sneakily to control others to meet my own needs or am i exercising my power my love in ways that are not neglecting myself, but I'm not putting myself above my kids or my wife or my neighbor. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. 100%. If manhood was a brand now, I think I'm seeing lots of kind of darker, bold colors, capital letters, big writing, that kind of thing. Yeah, big capital letters and things like that. So if I was rebranding manhood, I'd love to see some lighter colours, softer kind of a feel aesthetically. I would love to see manhood being more about service to others, but not in, I guess, in the way that it has traditionally been of like being the breadwinner or protecting, but more in a bit of a more gentle, nurturing way. I think that's something that... um, has been missing historically. Yeah, being okay with being a bit what we would interpret as being soft. I would love to see manhood include gentleness and humility and not those things of kind of ego and macho. Like, I'd love to see those go away and a bit more of a gentle nurturing spirit. My name is Bronte. I am a social worker. I work with women. So I guess in that regard, I, I get a specific experience of what it's like to be a woman not only from my own experience but from the people that I work with. There's a few kind of old school kind of marketing gurus out there and one of them you know basically said this thing this kind of philosophy which is good marketing always starts with the end user in mind basically that that's the that's the idea that's the theory so good marketing always starts with the end user in mind so i suppose it's kind of like what you're saying like how are you adding value to the people around you you know what i mean how are you adding value to your children or to your partner or um you know to your friends to to your relatives but but it's hard though because it's easy to spout that stuff off but really like i'm kind of a fan of like the old school kind of like adage of two halves don't make a whole, you know, like mm. I, I kind of really believe that. So I do think we need connection, like absolutely. I do think we need, 
you know, to be in healthy relationships. I do think, you know, mentorship is huge, by the way, which we don't, we're not really doing that well in this mm. culture. But I, but I think, so I, so I do think we need all that. And I think we learn through that and through those experiences with others. But I do think you need to be doing the work on yourself. You need to be intentional. Yeah. You need to be aware. If, if you're not, then you can't possibly go and add value to someone else's life because you're too screwed up. Like we're all too mm. screwed up. <laughs> that's how I feel about it. Yeah, 100%. I think often that's there's there's alarm bells when somebody has, I guess, problems that they're hoping will be saved through a relationship or through, you know, yeah. certain people that they're around. 100%. Um, 100%. Doesn't mean that doesn't mean that we have to be perfect to be in healthy relationships. No. But we have to have a, a commitment to owning our stuff. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. A hundred percent. It's, um, yeah. Like we, we cannot make our partner, you know, if you talk about, and I don't know, like, I don't even feel equipped to be talking into it, you know, cause I just, I mean, to, to be honest, like actually, you know, it was a, it became that way in terms of you talk about violence and aggression in the household, um, you know, it became that way. And that's why actually my mom had to bail when I was two years old, but but I don't have any firsthand, you know, knowledge or basis of, of that to speak into that issue. But I do know that when you, if you try to look to that other person to solve all your problems and, and you're trying to make that person the sun of your universe, like mm. you're, you're going you're gonna to end up in trouble very quickly. Yeah. A lot of what we're saying obviously is um, it's generalizing, it's thinking big picture. Um, but I think people then learn from like the specific. So just go and, you know, we can talk about what the underlying values are for all men and that's an interesting idea, but I'm probably going to learn more by just focusing in on you. And so, you know, you've, sh- you've shared a little bit about the values, but in terms of that doing the work, becoming healthy, what are some of the things you mentioned mentorship, but are there, are there things like that or other things that have been a key part in that work for you? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um you know, I think my faith that there is a that there is a God who who created this place, who has a purpose and a destiny for me, uh, is huge. Like that's that underpins everything. You know, I don't I don't I don't want to tell people what they have to believe and and that's you know, I, I'm not really a preacher and that's not my job. But I you know, I, I do think that that idea that, you know, there is a much higher purpose than than here and now and then, you know, waking up and watching the TV and checking your Instagram feed, like mm. that, that will ground you and that will center you in a way that, that a lot of other things won't, you know, mm. because there's a lot of lures and temptations out there and, you know, things that kind of promise a lot, but kind of really under deliver <laughs> in mm. terms of, you know, whether it be a bit of fame or a bit of, bit of wealth or a bit of, notoriety a bit of power whatever like I've done like I've been in those situations I was you know I, I did this acting thing I went to you know I was in a film it went it you know, went overseas and premiered and you know I met you know Hollywood movie stars I had a you know I had a Hollywood movie star come up to me who just watched my film and said I you know that was awesome you know mm. you did such a great job blah 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 you know I was invited to all these parties for months and months and months afterwards while I was there you know I kind of had a taste of of that and I'm not judging that because like we're all people and I think that's you know I think there's beauty everywhere 
But mm. if you're looking for that as something that's going to save you somehow or like bring you fulfillment, it's not. And and it's the same with money. Like money helps. And I do I do think people should be educated on on the areas of money and wealth and mm. you know stewarding that and understanding finance and I think that's really important. But it's not going to if that's your end goal, that's not going to that's not going to do it. It's not going to bring you fulfillment. So mm. I, I guess what I'm saying is I think everyone needs a higher purpose and everyone probably needs a couple of key relationships. You know, one or two. You know, the, I've had a couple of people in my life that have acted as sort of spiritual mentors or even just business mentors and have just been really well-rounded individuals who I know I can trust. And there's probably not that many of them in the, in the mm. world, in, in our immediate circles where you kind of like, you know what, this guy or this girl has been through a lot. They've uh, taken a good hard look at themselves and they've been intentional about their journey and now they're in a position to share that. But yeah, those are a couple of the practical things that I think you know, really help. I could go on and on, to be honest, about that stuff. No, I think that's helpful. I think the higher purpose stuff, I think that that, again, comes down to that bigger story, that bigger narrative. It's very easy for our lives to become so, I don't know, the lens is so far zoomed in that we're kind of just trying to, I don't know, meet our appetites and we don't necessarily analyse the bigger thing we're, we're a part of or the bigger thing we see ourselves as a part of. And obviously people can come come up with a lot of different overarching narratives, but that is a huge, if you've never asked that question, what's the big story that I see myself as part of? What's the higher purpose of life? What are my, my like, you know, kind of goals at that level? That That's a game changer if you've never done that before, asking those kind of questions. And then, yeah, I think the I think that a couple of high quality relationships, it's easy to have heaps of, of pretty shallow <laughs> relationships, but just trying to find, and it might take a long time, but kind of having that commitment to like, who's one or two people that I highly admire and respect and trust. And I'm going to ask them every question I can think of because I've got a couple of people like that. And it's kind of like, yep, something about your life that I would like my life to look a little bit like that. So Please yeah. give me as much time as I can get with you. Yeah, yeah, man. I think there's a. I think there's this thing where, like, we have to. Um, everyone has to be made a more, more aware, or or needs to be made a more aware that that everyone is just figuring it out. Like, mm. if 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 people become aware of that fact, then that creates a sense of humility and a sense of security to then go and ask those questions to those people and feel okay about it because like no one's got all their all their stuff together like yeah. they just don't no one does everyone is figuring it out that's the truth of it like even you know I talked to Noah my fi- he's 5 years old he just started school and you know we have an amazing relationship and and you know I try to be there and answer as many of his questions and I'm sure at the moment at his age he sort of looks at me as though I'm like um, this kind of head, you know, this this demigod kind of figure, you know, yeah. and which is yeah. amazing, like which is beautiful. But I kind of make a point to tell him every now and then, hey man, like I actually don't have it all figured out. Like mm. I even want him to know that. I want because yeah. that's the mistake that we can make is thinking someone like we're supposed to know everything, but we're we're not. Like mm. it's okay. That's okay. Yeah, I love that. I think that's so huge. I talk about this a lot, but when one person demonstrates that level of humility, it gives permission for other people to do it. It it normalizes it. So the more that we can say, 
I'm doing my best with what I know, but I haven't got it all figured out. It means that other people around us can then go, oh, if that's how you're doing it, then, you know, it's maybe it's okay for me to do the same. So much, so much in that. And I notice that often when it comes to these kind of difficult conversations, you know, about some of the kind of toxic masculinity or, you know, sort of the buzzwords around this stuff, it's very easy for people to get defensive. It's very easy for people to feel like they need to put the walls up. And I think that's the opposite of humility. And in my mind, having these conversations is not about attacking any individuals. It's about actually opening up that kind of collective humility to go, maybe we're getting some stuff right, maybe we're getting some stuff wrong, but wouldn't it be good if we could just talk about it openly and honestly, share our scars, share our hopes, kind of both at once. Yeah, 100%. I mean, like, we're all guilty of it. We're all guilty of it. So... You know, it's easy for, you know, some creative dude with a guitar in his hand to look at a gym junkie and go, oh, come on, man. Like, you know, you're just trying to overcompensate, like, you know, just whatever. Mm-hmm. And then vice versa, vice versa. Like, we're, we're all guilty of it. Like, mm-hmm. we're, not, we're not called to be judging everyone. That's not, that's not the aim of the game. Like, people who live like that um, are the most insecure of all and unfortunately mm-hmm. w- won't, won't progress, you know, because you can't, if you're just doing that, you've just built this big wall around you. And, you know, the fact of the matter is like, I always talk about the idea of perspective because I kind of feel like perspective is like the, the giant equalizer. It's like this thing that's super, super important because all of a sudden that person who you were judging or that person who you thought was like absolutely killing it in life, you know, all of a sudden you kind of, you, you start to see both sides of those coins and, sure. you know, that creates empathy. It also creates security in, in your own self. Yeah. So I think, I think that's a big one. Like I grew up on the central coast. I had, you know, the same core group of friends for many years. Um, but I started traveling quite young with my work and with music and touring or whatever it was I was doing. And I think just being forced out of like the Central Coast bubble, being forced to go and meet all these different people from all these different walks of life, like that was one really practical thing that just gave me another level of perspective and and mm. and I probably cared less about what, you know, the Central Coast cool dudes were saying or like whatever, you know what I mean? Because you you have that perspective on life and I think that's really important and I hope that would be my hope is that everyone has that a chance to get that perspective. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome, man. As a final question, I want you to imagine that you're speaking now to your five-year-old Noah and uh, he's actually just turned 18. You're kind of giving him your final couple sentences, not your final conversation, hopefully. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But in terms of framing up a conversation around what manhood could be, what would be your couple sentences of advice for him about being a man? Man, my my sentences to him would be something along the lines of, mate, you're here, you made it, you're here for a reason, you are enough, you are enough, you have everything you need to go and go forth and conquer, you have an amazing mind, you have the power to do anything you want to do if you put your mind to it but everything takes work and everything's harder than what you want it to be. And anything that ha- that happens overnight usually isn't worth it. Go and enjoy your life. Mm. <laughs> Good words. 
good words for me to hear, good words for 18-year-old Noah to hear, good words for anyone listening. I think, you know, like if people need to just listen to those again, skip it back and pretend that they're to you because I do think those are the kind of words that can change some of the inner the inner narratives that will help us to live a better outer life. Mm. Thanks, man. Thank you. Appreciate it. Sometimes it feels like the current brand of manhood is just based around not being like a woman, you know? Don't be a girl. The best men I know are kind, empathetic, and make time for their family. If I was rebranding manhood, it would look like all of the colours of the rainbow and men expressing themselves how they want to and what feels genuine and authentic to them. Showing up as who you truly are would allow other people to do the same. I think that would be an amazing thing that more men in our community could do. If I had a message for men, it would be, we don't give a shit about your hard exterior and having to put up a face We love you genuinely for who you are and we wish you would have more genuine conversations with us. I would love it if you just told me how you were feeling and we could have um, amazing conversations about your emotions. I am Melissa Wolf. I am a university student. I'm studying creative writing and I am passionate about gender issues and gender equality. This podcast has been proudly brought to you by the Central Coast Council and developed by Lead by Story. Help us grow the conversation by giving us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or sharing this episode around on your social media. I'd love to hear from you. What's your experience of manhood in the modern world? Drop me a message on Instagram or at leadbystory.com.au and let's have a chat. Catch you next time on Mankind.